Hey, what's up, tribe? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the TFC Audio Project Down Under. This week, I'm joined by Darren Fitzharris from Fitz Fitness, who is a Sydney-based functional trainer specializing in autism and intellectual disabilities. Throughout the episode, we talk through how he found his passion for working with people with disabilities, the importance of removing any assumptions about their capacity and assessing with an open mind, the power of task and play-based movement for optimizing physical and mental function, and how switching to barefoot training has been game-changing for himself and his clients. This week's episode is brought to you by TFC Online Courses. We are super excited to announce our brand new Feet Balance and Play online workshop officially launches this week. We captured the workshop while on our national tour a few months ago, and now we're stoked to be taking it online so that anyone who couldn't make it along to one of our in-person events can get all of the benefits. Structured like an online course, the TFC Workshop 2.0 is packed with all of the knowledge, tools and training routines you need to help you restore and rewire your feet, hips and ankles through play. We wanted to make this resource as accessible as possible, so for just $42 you'll get lifetime access. To check it out, head to courses.tfc-shopaus.com or use the link in our show notes. All right, Darren, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, pleasure. So, we, yeah, we just connected through Instagram. I think you shared one of our posts and I was checking out your page and really love the look of what you're up to. Um, so I figured it'd be cool to have a proper chat and then share it out to our audience because I think it's a, a really important and awesome thing that you're doing. Um, so why don't we just start, yeah, just to give people a bit of a background about who you are, what you do and, and why you do it, and then we can just roll from there. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so I run um, a therapy through movement program for clients with intellectual disabilities, autism, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, <clears throat> and mental health. Um, so the program basically focuses a lot on uh, motor skills, hand-eye coordination, agility, stability, um, also, it works a lot on decreasing behaviors um, for clients who might have mm. certain types of behaviors, whether that's whether it's like an aggressive behavior or whether it's um, a behavior like where it's uh, scripting. Whereas, so a lot of clients um, that I have with autism will so scripting is they might repeat, say, an incident that might have happened at home or an incident that might have happened on a day program, whether that might be a positive or a negative. Uh, incident they might re- replay that over and over in their heads uh, okay and that that can set um set them off like uh, anxious or stressful or sometimes anger um also scripting can be a lot of say um if they're repeating um their favorite say movie or program or song they'll re- keep repeating their heads so they're not fully focused so the, the program is basically trying to get them to focus on any sort of movement that we're doing in the gym so that their full focus and attention is on that and not on um, something that they might have watched or something that might have happened in the home environment or the program Mm. environment. So Mm. it's just basically capturing, tapping into different parts of their brain that they're really focused on that one uh, exercise even or for the program throughout the full hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and is, how did you get into all of this um in the first place because I, I I mean I I don't think I've seen anything like it in the past. Um, yeah, is, look, is it unique or do you do you have like a community of people who do similar things or No, so it's it's actually 
um, the type of program I'm doing is very unique. So how I got into it was, um, so when I first started off in, in personal training, um, you know, the way personal training is like either morning times, people want to train in the morning and then they want to train in the afternoon. So you have that maybe bit of downtime during the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I then I, someone suggested about doing maybe support work. So I, I went into um, a disability day program and I was mm-hmm. doing su- support work there. So you go in maybe from 9 a.m. till well, it used to be 9.30 till about 3.30. Be a support worker in a day program, so you might take them out on acti- activities, or you might take them swimming to the beach, yeah, uh, yeah. Or to a pool. So uh, I was in that for ten or eleven years, and but I always used to watch. Obviously, being a fitness background myself, I always used to watch um, when they'd be sitting down for lunch. Always watching their foods they're eating, and they all sort of nearly have the same sort of diets. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, so that they might have a lot of uh, carbohydrate foods like pastas, breads. They might have little to no fruit. And that can be from a lot of them with autism might not like the texture of yeah. fruit and different colors either. You know, so that can can um, it can be sort of picky eaters. So they'd all will generally have um, pastas, breads, maybe an apple, maybe banana, but not too many different color fruits. Mm-hmm. Um They'd all have sugary drinks as well, um, little to no protein, uh, and they'd have like a lot of starchy fruits or like chocolates and chocolate biscuits. So really unhealthy stuff. But I was seeing a lot of clients throughout the years, and they all had nearly the exact same diet. Yeah, is in like fitness, just gen- general fitness clients, or do you mean no? The, uh, in the in the, in that, the um, intellectual population. disability, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was always fascinated by that, and also. Uh, the fitness side of it so I used to take them to the gym some of the groups um, we'd go to a gym and um, just a regular gym here in Sydney and uh, a lot of the clients used to get bored if they're sitting at a machine because there's no stimulation for them so that's where they would start replaying say incidents because it might be if they're on a treadmill or they're on like any sort of like a say a leg press machine or something like that if they could do it that's where the boredom kicks in. Yeah, you know ourselves. If we're on like a treadmill ourselves, your mind starts to wander because it's so monotonous. For sure, for sure. <laughs> you know, because you're looking at more, more obvious or more extreme in those yeah, cases. Yeah, exactly. So I was always thinking, right? There's a, there's no stimulation for them. It can cause behaviors. Plus, I was running around because some of the support staff I had with me didn't have any background in fitness so I was running from client to client trying to keep them going yeah. motivated yeah um and also I found as well that when they're in a group together they don't really they don't really sort of interact with each other but mm-hmm. also they might while I was over there would say one client they would do the exercise but the minute you move away from them they'd lose motivation or they'd no interest really yeah um, yeah so um and how I really then got into the um, therapy through movement side of it was we took a group of them swimming one day um, to a swimming pool and one of the clients, uh, so he loves swimming, but he was getting overheated and he couldn't self-regulate. So when he does, when he gets overheated, he sort of gets stressed out and he will do a lot of uh, self-harming. So he might hit himself in the head or might bite his hand a bit and 
we were trying everything possible to try calm him down and nothing was working. So all I did, all I said was, right, I'm gonna, I got an empty plastic bottle, fill it up with water. And I said to him, I said, right, put this on your fist, make a fist, put it on a balance and walk up and down the pool. So he did that and that stopped it. Wow. That stopped the behavior. Like nothing else was working. We were like, me and other staff were like thinking, this is not going to stop. And yeah. even though he was enjoying the swimming, it's too hot. And then uh, his anxiety was exacerbating the, the heat. But I just said, right, put this on your fist, walk up and down. And that calmed it. So I said to myself from that day, I said, right, I need to design something to tap into other parts of the brain that they're focusing on, say, balancing something. And mm-hmm. they're not focusing on being stressed out or anxiety. So it was from there, really, that's when I made up my mind. I need to now make it make a program that where they're coming in enjoying it they're not getting bored they don't have time like sitting at a machine to replay incidents it's just capturing that focus that that's decreasing those behaviors for them yeah yeah oh man that's what a what a cool thing to come up yeah. with yeah that's... it's just simple like a lot of my program is simple but effective moves like yeah. to, to to think up of of that like an um yeah, it was just, and to see him, to see him going from one heightened extreme to calm and having a great day after that was just amazing. And it was like, right, have to tap into that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think there's there's a lot of crossover, I guess, between our philosophies and our methods, because we're obviously all about getting people focused and engaged on sort of more play-based and task-based and skill-based movements rather than just your monotonous sort of foot exercises and, you know, stand on one leg for as long as you can kind of thing Um, and actually making it fun because that's what makes things sustainable um, and repeatable and makes people want to move. And you've just applied it to a population that is a bit more, uh, I guess, traditionally more challenging to work with. Definitely. Um, And do do you work mostly with, um, kids or adults or just a bit of both or all the all different ages yeah. yeah kids adults even older population as well um uh so it they, they come i i started off say in in a gym or in a crossfit gym in marubra and so it was like wearing shoes and how i got into the barefoot side of thing is last year through lockdown i opened up my own place and mm-hmm. I put out uh, all soft mats uh, on the floor for barefoot training. The soft mats, especially for uh, sensory feedback through their feet. Yeah. And yeah. so clients, a lot of clients with, say, autism or that, they they like that sensory touch. So a lot of them will will, if there's something soft or hard, they'll touch it. They might put it to the mouth to feel that sensory. So I designed all the sort of gym. Um, in that sense for sensory mm. um so it, it's it's funny when you see them the first time coming onto the mats because the majority of the time they're never in sort of their bare feet they're always either wearing shoes or they might have socks on um so it's it's a and sometimes being in bare feet can set them off as well because they don't like say the environment whether that's walking on sand under their feet or even on hard ground so a lot of them will keep, keep their shoes on they can't they can't have that it's too much sensory through their feet for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I'm finding that when they come in and they take the shoes off, 
as I was saying earlier, their, their feet start to function properly because the majority of the time the shoes that they wear are too big for them or can be too small. Um, and they a lot a lot of time they have um, fallen arches or their, their, their toes are like either squashed together. So when they first come in and the first time they take off their shoes and they feel that sensory of the soft mat, it just, again, that relaxes them. You can see, you can see like some of the clients who, so I've verbal clients and non-verbal clients and some of them who can verbalize it, they go, I've never felt this feeling through my feet ever. Mm. You know, it's just the minute they jump, like I might have them jumping over something. The minute they land, it sends that sensory up through their whole body from the feet and it like calms them down as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, um, it's, that's a, that's an amazing thing because the feet really are, they really crave that sensation, but if they're not used to, uh, high levels of sensation, then it can be too much, even for people who don't necessarily have, um, any kind of intellectual disability or physical disability, but people will find a lot of people who've spent a lot of many, many years in shoes, they'll be like, Oh, I can't walk on that gravel that hurts my feet so much. And now for me, and I was the same probably, um, well, I know I was the same walking on gravel would hurt. And then yeah. now my feet are like, Ooh, that feels really nice. Yeah. I used <laughs> and, to be the same with, with, yeah. um, years ago walking on sand. I never really liked it. Right. It's like, Oh, but now I love it. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll walk on it nearly every day. Yeah. It feels so good. But at, at first, like years ago, I, I never really liked it. It's like, Oh, yeah. it feels too weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you, if, as if you get a little bit of exposure to the right amount of sensation, like with soft mats, for instance, in bare feet, then it's like, oh, this feels pretty nice. And then over time, you could start to expose your body to more and more different yes. things. But the, we do, our, our motor systems or our movement systems really do rely on the appropriate level of sensation, our sensory input in order to function optimally. And so yeah. you're right, people who are constantly blocking their sensory input through their feet are not going to have the right movement outputs like, you know, arch control and balance and stability and, and all of these really important yeah, things. Definitely. And, and it's, and it's, that's really big and important for um, clients and people with intellectual disabilities and autism and um it's because it's the same with like as the same with the foods that you know they, they they don't like some of the sensation and taste of food so that's why they'll, they'll generally stay away from the healthier type of foods it's the same with with sensory through their feet a lot of them it can be too much sensory overload for them mm-hmm. that can really stress them out and cause um aggressive behaviors or cause a, a bit of a meltdown um like sometimes I'll have um, parents who say, oh, my son or daughter won't take their shoes off, so I don't know if they'll be able to come to the program to do it. But I'm always like, just bring them in and we can work on it slowly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think the more the more they avoided, I think the harder it is going to be for them to, to change. But I think the more we can work on it slowly in, re-inter- or introduce it, it's, it's going to be better for them. It's going to keep them calmer as well throughout the day, and even when they go home. Yeah, you know, if they're at home and it can be in an environment where they're walking on carpet at home and not always in their shoes, you know that can, that can help a lot with what I'm finding out a lot with decreasing sort of anxieties, behaviors as well. So that's mm-hmm. why it's like I do have clients who, um, you know, some of their some of their support workers or their programs they might be exited from day programs because of behaviors. They come into the gym with me 
and after a few months because their behavior started to decrease they're let back into their day programs wow you know because wow. yeah it's it's That's it's amazing. amazing yeah because also the the program gives them that um independency when they come in i like i never and i never have in all the years of working disability i've never looked at someone or i've never focused on or oh, they have this disability i always look at especially when they come into the gym i always say right let's see what they can do and then we can either progress it or regress it's just giving them that independence and not putting up barriers in front of them while thinking oh well they have this disability and they're not able to do this i just don't see it i do get them to come in have fun with them get them moving around in different directions getting them trying used to their body used to the environment used to the like the barefoot training and just then take it from there yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Having a blank slate and not making assumptions about what they can or, or would be able to do and just going, yeah. let's test it out. Let's see. Exactly. And I think that level of the, your energy or your attitude would really rub off on them because I imagine a number of them probably would have their own internal barriers of going, yeah. Oh, I can't do that or, or this. Um, and it's yeah. the same with the whole whole population as well. But there's a story that, oh, you can't do this because you've got X, Y, Z condition. Yeah. Um, and when someone goes, oh, are, are we sure you can't do that? Let's test it out. And then it's it completely changes the whole the whole attitude or the whole narrative yes. behind and the mindset. You know, yeah, what they can do. Yeah. It's it, yeah, it's like um, another client that came in last year, or maybe it was a year before. Um, this is when I was in the uh, renting a space in another gym. I hadn't opened my own one yet, but the mum came in with him and the grandmother and they were, you know, I was sitting down and having a chat with him asking, you know, what, what he's interested in, what does he do um, sport wise? And they're like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't do this. He doesn't really do much sport. And, you know, he can't jump or he can't do this. I said, oh, that's yeah. fine. So I just got out little small hurdles because I use all the, the movements as pre-screening as well. So I'm always watching. Um, so I just put down small hurls and all I was going to do was just get him to step over it forwards, sideways, just to pre-screen as he's having a bit of fun. The minute I put them down, he started jumping over them. Oh. And, they, and the two of the, the mother and the grandmother were shocked saying, wow, I never knew he could do that. And I was thinking, that's because maybe you'd never let him do it. You yeah. know, whereas I just let them come in and, and just let them do whatever they want and see, see where they're at, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, so he was often, delighted that I was letting that happen. Yeah. And often just providing the, the environment, like both the physical environment of just some hurdles and the, I guess, what would you call it? Like the mental environment of like, here, just have a crack at this or like, here you go, play around with this and just allowing them to play. I think especially with kids, but even for adults, they just figure out what they can and can't do because they're allowed to express yeah. it. And yeah. Maybe, maybe no one had put hurdles in front of him before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, they were, they were so convinced, Oh, he won't be able to jump. He's never jumped. He's never. And then the two of them, like their faces were, their jaws were wide open when they wow. seen him. He did it straight away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's things like that is, is when, they, as I say, when they come in, it's, it, it's just like a blank slate. It's just, I just give them a, the, the tools to go and express themselves and from there then we can we can as I say I use it for pre-screening all the movements whether it's a, a fun game whether it's throwing a ball somewhere and seeing how they react how their body reacts you know yeah um getting getting them a lot of my clients that I see um 
like we're all dominant, whether we're dominant left hand or right hand or left foot, right foot. It's it's more obvious with clients with disability mm-hmm. to the point where if they are, say, um, right foot dominant and you want them, say, stepping over, say, like the hurdle or jumping over, they will turn their body where they're more confident on the right foot to step first rather than, say, if they're stepping left, to step left foot first. Right, right. And that co- that's the same with going up and down stairs so a lot yeah. of them and that's why we why i use all these movements is everything that i do inside the gym helps to improve them outside and whether that's um stepping up and down a footpath getting in out of car or walking up and down stairs you know yeah. all these movements are based on what can i do in that hour of their program that improves them outside because i only see them maybe one hour two hours a week so everything that i do in there helps to improve them in other day programs and other aspects of their life yeah. but getting back to the stairs thing is when they walk downstairs i i notice it with my kids when they first started walking downstairs if you if you notice kids going downstairs they'll step sideways because of they have they don't have that height perception or depth at the moment so they're mm. nervous going down the stairs so it's the same with a lot of clients with um intellectual disabilities and autism that they'll all go down sort of sideways stepping and they'll 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 step one foot and they'll put the second foot on the same step, whereas I'm trying to teach them going one foot on each step. You know, yeah. but it's building that confidence. When they get confidence moving in the gym, they start getting confidence going up and down stairs as well and getting up and down footpaths. Yeah, such such big carryover for both like physical competency, I suppose, of actually practicing the skills and then the actual confidence to go, oh yeah, I've practiced this in the gym and, you know, it carries over into their ability to apply that to anything else in their daily life. And it's massive when you can, when you can see, like, because especially with with my gym, it's a stairs to come up that they need Ah, to come up in it. ah, So that's even part of training straight away. They come up, you know, and, um, and then do you see him go down differently? After yeah, yeah. Session? yeah, yeah. So um, another client that I that started with me last year as well, he he will spend a lot of time sitting on the ground. You know, even in day programs, it's it's hard to get him up and moving. He'll sit in the ground. He's nonverbal. He can have like um, he can self harm a lot. So sometimes he will um, when he gets stressed, he because he's not able to verbalize it. He'll, he'll hit himself a lot or he'll bite so to the point where his mum or the sport workers have to put a cricket helmet on him with a face mask because oh, he hits himself so hard. Right. You know? Um, so getting him in for him, him coming up and down the stairs was really hard. And the, f- the first time he left the gym going down the stairs, I helped him go down. So he was like nearly lying on my back at a 45 degree angle going down the steps. Oh. So I was thinking, right, we can't let have not that we can't let, but it's not good for this to happen all the time because it's not good for the support workers if they're working with him for hours or his mum because he'd be leaning on them too much. So what I worked on then was he came into the gym the first time and um, he was just getting used to the environment, you know, and getting used to me. So all I did was I grabbed all the equipment that I have in the gym. So I have like uh, sandbags, I have battling ropes, I have um hurls i've agility ladders i've soft boxes so i just threw everything out in the middle of the floor and he was one end of the gym and he had to work out himself how to get from one end of the gym to the other 
while doing movement. So it was just incidental movements, moving left and right and in and out. And he was able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So like a little then, obstacle course, basically. Yeah, like a little perfect. Yeah. yeah. Because he, a lot of the, because he's sedentary, I was, have, I was getting him to come in and say, right, he's sedentary. A lot of the clients are sedentary, say, 95% of the day, if not more. So there's yeah. no point in coming to the gym and being sedentary there either. So that's another reason designing of the movement. So yeah. for him yeah. to have that confidence to be able to work out, right, all this is on the ground. How am I going to get from here to here? And he did it no problem. Yeah. You know? um, and, and so getting back to the stairs with him, so I, all I did was as well, I put a load of sandbags on, out on the ground and guide him to step over to try and get his foot that a lot of them clients have gait issues where one foot will 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 turn out if not two feet so when they're stepping they kick out left or they kick out wide they don't step straight over it so it's about teaching him where he's starting more and more to prove and now he's able to go up and down the stairs on his own you yeah know, right so he went from lying nearly on my back <laughs> to now walking up and down himself <laughs> flying up and down the stairs that's amazing. I, yeah. O- over a period of sort of days, weeks, months. Over a period of, yeah, months. Months, yeah. It's just build, building him that confidence yeah. that he knows, all oh, right, I'm, I'm able to do now. But also, I'm at a point where I do say to, to, to parents or to clients if they can that, so his mum was always nervous about him going up down the stairs and the support worker. So I said, look, I said, if you keep letting him lie on top of you nearly or holding on to you and using us as a crutch to go up and down the stairs, his body's never going to get used to doing it on its own. So I'm like, look, let's see, can he do it himself? Stand, either stand in front of him. So, you know, if he does have a fall, you're there in front of him to stop it. Um, because I said, whether you, we have a disability or a brain injury, I said, at the end of the day, your body still doesn't want to fall. So if yeah. you put your body in that situation where it's nervous, Everything's going to switch on and stabilize the muscles. And he's, he's going to switch on and say, right, I don't want to fall. So his mom was a bit apprehensive and nervous. And I said to her, look, I said, just let's, I said, you go downstairs and go out the door. I said, and I'll go down with him. Because when his mom's there, he'll depend on her to mm-hmm. get him down the stairs. Whereas mm-hmm. with me is, I'll go down a few steps. And he was just, took his time and he did it. No problem. Amazing. You know, because the body doesn't want to fall. We don't want to fall no matter you know what's what's going on in our minds yeah our body still has that ability to switch on yeah you know it does yeah and the brain really prioritizes the balance system um yeah. it really does because a fall can be very disastrous for our health so the brain Definitely. is like all right we need to switch on here that's why a big part of why we sort of see the beams our balance beams as like a moving meditation right. because even though the the stakes are so low because all you do is just step off the beam. If you lose balance, you just step off. But even still, it's like a, it's a, it's a little um, disappointment in the brain or something like, oh, I fell off. And then when you do save it, when you, when you save it on the beam and you maintain your balance, then your brain, it gives you like this hit of dopamine yeah. or something or just reward chemicals. And it's like, yes, I saved that. And then it becomes this reinforcing thing. Um, But it really forces you to focus in on the moment. And it's not like, it's very different, like you said, to being on a leg press or something where you're mostly sedentary and just moving one part of your leg because your balance system is completely switched off. Definitely, yeah. And like uh, um, when I got that beam off you guys there a few weeks ago and I had it in the park and it was just like the minute I stood in it myself, 
because in the park, I, sometimes I, now with the weather good, I take the clients out outdoors because it's oh, yeah. good for the fresh air and it's a yeah. change of environment for them. Um, but there's a there's a a lot of steps and there's a handrail. And I'm always thinking, right, I want to be able to walk on that handrail, <laughs> you know. And it's yeah. up a bit high, and obviously, you're when you get to an adult, you you you're always thinking the risk, you know. Whereas your kids, you just jump on it and, yeah. and walk on it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like, right. When I, when you when I got the beam off you, I was putting it down and practicing on it. But the beam is, um, it's amazing the way it works. The minute I stood in it, I could feel it like from my feet working naturally, gripping around the round beam, mm. um, feeling in my ankle joints. Everything was switching on. You know, yeah, it's, it has it's, to. Oh, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And then um, I got one of my clients on it as well that day. Um, and he does get a lot of sensory overload where he'll make a lot of clicking noises. And, you know, um, again, with him, it's, it's, it's about doing stuff for him to focus. So he's not making these, you know, having his fingers up to his ears, making mm. these clicking sounds or um, making sounds. He's nonverbal as well. But I had him on it and I, he was just holding onto my shoulder a small bit. And he loved it, but it kept him focused as well. He doesn't. Yeah. You know, it stopped them having that um, stimming, that's called, when they, when they have little um, quirky things that they do, they call did, that stimming. Did you say, as in, is in stimulating or is it Yeah, so else? stimming for them could be uh, making a noise or uh, yeah. moving their fingers fast. Like, you know, to provi- them... is it to do with providing stimulation? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Keeping, yeah. Them, keeping them calm, you know, yeah. so they might make like a... Uh, a clicking noise and with their teeth they might grind their teeth a lot yeah you know, so a few yeah. of my clients will during a session you'll hear them grinding their teeth yeah you know that's like a stimming but yeah, yeah when I got him on the beam he was loving it it's like all the stimulation he needed pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. it's probably really what the brain wanted and, yeah. and definitely for him because he has um fallen arches so he's flat feet so to, to see his feet wrap around the round beam mm. it's like it's it's brilliant Mm. But and, and but also as well as that, it's it's keeping his mind focused on, because I was getting him. I have a video, but I, I'll put it up. So I was getting him to like walk forward on it, and then he had to like hang one foot over and kick his foot out to the left and kick it behind him. All yeah. movements that he's not too used to doing. Yeah. But he was like, he he stayed there for ages, but it, it captured his focus, which was mm. great, you mm. know, and great for his feet. Yeah, that's such a. It's such a, a big part of it is like it, it just forces you into the present moment and you can't really be thinking about anything else or even doing anything else with your hands because everything is yeah. just going into maintaining your balance. Naturally um, just switches on your body. And for, for, for someone with, like with autism or a disability, for that to happen, like, like when we do it, and as you were saying about the endorphins and how good it makes you feel, well, for someone with... with autism or uh, any intellectual disability or disability it's like 100 times better yeah and that can right. have a great effect throughout the day or they can have a great effect for the rest of the week because they might replay that thinking oh i did this and this made me feel so good yeah. you know um it it, it has the, like movement for the program i have has the power to to uh make someone's a client's day or make their week or it can have a, a negative effect you know because they can't regulate um if something happens negatively where we can you know you might think oh for the whole day you're like thinking about say something that didn't go right during the day and 
then we can eventually get over that. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, some of my clients that can go on for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, yeah. so when they come in, it's about having a, that a positive experience. And then that would, they can, they would bring that positive experience home to their family environment. Yeah. You know? I think that's such a cool example or illustration of how the mind and body are so connected and, and so inseparable. Like I think traditionally people see intellectual disabilities as just intellectual disabilities or just to do with the brain and the mind yeah. um, or or physical disabilities just to do with the body. Yeah. But, you know, obviously that's a, a great example of how tuning in focus actually makes a big difference to the physical body um, and putting stimulation and sensation and, you know, challenge through the physical body has a big difference on the outcome of what's going on intellectually and what's going on from like the behavior point of view, like you was talking about. Absolutely. Um, And I think that's, it's quite missed or it, it seems to be often quite missed like in disability care like I know there's uh, there are plenty of people who do physical things with people with disabilities but um, I think more more of that play-based or task-based approach is is so important um, for obviously for people with disabilities but also just for for everyone Um, because yeah it just has such a big carryover and it is really how the, the human body should be working it's not we're not built to be just isolating one thing on a machine or just doing you know one like push-up exercise or something like that it's 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 problem solving really at when it gets down to it and when you solve problems you feel really good because you're like oh that was a problem and i figured it out exactly and 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 that's what the program is about as well it's it's all about problem solving in the gym in the gym and for them to to solve the problem you know so Mm. it's it's for them to be able to um follow instruction so yeah. a lot of parents will say to me so when they when they come in it's it's an independent program and i just want it to be myself and the client um because then it gives them a bit of normalcy you know what i mean so um it makes them feel like because a lot of programs that go to say parents might be there or support workers are always mm. standing over them whereas mm-hmm. in me I, I wanted to be independent and more and more when it's a one-on-one they come out themselves if you yeah. know what i mean so they, yeah. they you can see their true personality you know um because they're with their parents or their support workers they're with them all the time and they probably yes. have certain habits and behaviors that exactly. are exacerbated by being with the same people 100 yeah. percent. whereas when they're with me and it's it's their program and they get to you know um choose some of the movements or they know some of the movements what's coming up. It's just giving them that independence to think, well, this is this is for me. This is my time. Mm. But the point I was making was when parents first come in, I might let them stay for one or two sessions just so uh, until the client get used gets used to the environment, gets used to me. Yeah. But a lot of the parents are like, wow, I never knew he could follow so many instructions because I will have them going through an agility ladder and they might have to bounce something while walking through it. And I use that as well for pre-screening because they might be able to step through the agility ladder moving left, right, forward, backwards. But the minute I add in an external environment, say like a ball or something, that's where you can see all the imbalances happening in the body Mm -hmm. because when they have to work, okay, I have to work bouncing and stepping at the same time. That's where sometimes... 
it's a uh, as I say the body starts moving in different directions or you can see um the gay issues really um coming out more when when an external environment comes in so by more practicing on that where they have to bounce step forward step backwards step sideways as well as as well as bouncing, that's where they sometimes will struggle. But we could we work on that as well, you know. Yeah. But it has a massive effect. In they're so fully focused, and these might be some clients who who might have, as I say, some aggressive behaviors. Now, a lot of people might see aggressive behaviors as as oh well, you know, they're always aggressive. But the majority of time, it's just that um, the aggressive behaviors are from they're nonverbal or they're not able to express themselves or mm. boredom. Like mm. a lot of the times. When I worked in the day programs, a lot of the time it's it's they were very bored. Whereas me with the uh, fitness background, I used to get them out and we'd go for long walks or, you know, they, they need that stimulation. The boredom is when behaviors can start, you know, whether that's good behaviors or self-harm behaviors or so when they come in to me, they're physically and mentally challenged and that decreases their behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you find, and you've obviously found, like you said, that that over time has a big carryover, like their behaviors decrease in their daily life. Like not only when they're doing the, yeah, the massively. program with you, but supporters um, and carers and, and parents will report that basically. Yeah, I yeah. always get feedback saying that, you know, I don't know what you're doing in there, but <laughs> you know, this, <laughs> this, uh, this guy or this girl is their behaviors have totally changed when they go home. You, like so when they leave for me they they're they're more um more relaxed you know they're they're more interactive at home mm. in the family environment for a few hours and that's that's massive for parents if they get a couple of hours of say their son or daughter with a disability not being anxious not having an aggressive behavior and just having those endorphins running around in their brains for and their bodies for a couple of hours like that that's that's like winning the lottery for the, some parents. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, yeah, and for sure. Like an all true true movement. The more they move, because as I was saying, ninety five percent of the time they're sedentary. So you know they they're in bed, they get up out of bed, they'll go down, they'll have breakfast sitting at the table, maybe they'll get into the car to go to the day program. You know, they're in the day program, they're sedentary. They will might go out to do a, uh, one of the uh, programs, so they're getting into a van, driving to swimming or driving to art. But they're mm. a lot, as I say. So coming to me, it's for me. It's about getting them moving for that hour. It's interesting. I'm, I'm. I always like to think about things from like a physiological basis and and how all this stuff works. You know, and and yeah. obviously there'd be so many different factors that would come into it and probably heaps of factors that we don't even have any idea about but um from like a I guess those behaviors point of view like you said a lot of it starts when um there's boredom or or stress I guess um and you know boredom and sedentarism like a lot of these behaviors sort of repetitive movement type behaviors I imagine could be um an expression of the body needing to release energy um, exactly. and it's not getting it through its daily life. Um, and then another thing I guess would be the, just the habitual routine, like you've just talked about, they, they all get in, they have a specific habitual routine where they wake up, they have their food, they go yeah. to the day and they do sort of pretty much obviously different 
kind of different things I imagine at the day at the care sort of throughout the day, but mostly the same kind of routine and the same foods. And they sort of create these neural pathways, like from a, from a neuroplasticity point of view, then they have these neural pathways that their brain will tend to go down and then giving, first of all, giving them space and a break or a a different, um, different thing in their routine, uh, like something completely different that they never get in their daily life, like with your program. And then you combine that with movement, which is known to be very effective at improving neuroplasticity. So the adaptability of the brain, then they get that space and time to sort of rewire some of those, some of that circuitry and some of those behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because a a lot of them, a lot of the clients um, need this sort of routine base. So they get up in the morning and, if some of them can, when they're non-verbal, they, they need little like um, little pictures or a social story to show them what they're going to be doing throughout the day, and right. they follow that, and that can help um, keep them relaxed as well. So they're they're, they're very uh, regimented in their sort of routine. But on the flip side of that, for me working disability for so long and in my program, I try not to stick to routine too much because I'm always um, about you know so say a routine is for an example they go to school or they go to the day program this direction every day so they follow this r- route every day and then one morning say there's roadworks and they can't go down that route that can cause a behavior mm. because if because the, the say the the care or the parent have taken a different turn and they don't recognize it that can yeah. cause a bit of behavior or um if if say they go to a cafe, say every Friday at twelve o'clock, and they order this drink, say whether it's coffee or tea or hot chocolate or whatever, and then one Friday they go and the cafe has been sold, it's not a cafe anymore. That's going to cause an in. So I try and not keep everything routinely in the gym. Mm. So and they're able to um, relax and not have a, an incident in the gym. They just carry on as normal. Because because of that reason as well, I, I I think routine can cause behaviors too. If there's if it's too strict, and I know a lot of them need that routine. But now look at the, the situation where there's lockdowns, right? Yeah. So they've been in routine for say years, and now all of a sudden they have to not go anywhere. Yeah. You it's know. it's like a chicken and egg scenario. Like, do they need the routine because it's because they need the routine, or do they need the routine because they've had the routine for so long? Well, and yeah, never exactly. Broken it? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and and that can come back to say, you know, um, doctors or medical gut people telling parents that they need the routine, or parents find out for themselves that it's better to keep them in routine. And some of the times, it probably is better to keep them in routines if it if it helps mm. not to cause a behavior, but. For me, when they come in, and I, ex- I explain this to parents as well, that look, when they come in here, this is what we'll do and this is what I'm going to work on. And I tell them that I work on, look, I, I don't want to work on routine stuff because someday something will happen. Or if we're using, say, a certain piece of equipment or we're using and that's broke or that's not there, I don't mm. want them to have, you it's know. It's not the same thing every time, basically. Exactly, just, yeah. yeah. They, they, they get might. the consistency of seeing you and yeah. doing something with movement and yeah. play and task based, but it's going to be something different generally every time. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Or, so then, and that yeah. can that has a great then effect outside of the gym for for things like say um, 
their cafe is not there anymore, you know? So that's yeah. why I don't like to stick in routine stuff. I don't go down by the, I don't do things by the book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I take the book and I'll throw it away and then I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it myself, you know? Well, there, there are a lot of books that deserve to be thrown away <laughs> yeah, in, definitely. in terms of the way things are traditionally done. Like the, I think a lot of, this goes for all different industries, like, um, I think the way things have traditionally been done uh, tend to create problems in themselves. Even if they solve some problems, they can create a lot of other problems and it's always worth working outside the box and looking at things differently or taking a, a, a broader view of, of something and just going, oh, why don't we just try it like this and see what happens? And then yeah. you, you see the results and then you go, oh, well, th okay, that makes sense because of this uh we'll keep doing it that way and yeah it's yeah. sort of for you it's a problem solving thing as well i imagine like a constant journey of going all right we tried this and this really had a good outcome like for instance changing to barefoot training or like yeah you know and then you go it's oh, the best cool, the that be makes sense yeah it trained to barefoot has been the best thing ever yeah as i say like they the clients don't realize themselves but i can see it i can see mm. especially if they're doing like stepping over something or they're doing a single leg movement you you can see how much their feet are gripping on the soft mats. Whereas, and they don't realize obviously it's happening. They just realize, oh, wow, I can do this um, movement better. So uh, getting um, another example is I have a client who has cerebral palsy in, in one leg, you know, and when he first came in and he started, so he used to avoid using that leg a lot. Mm. You know, he, he, he wouldn't put his heel down. He'd keep his heel up off the ground wearing shoes he'd, he'd mostly shift his weight onto the other side as as generally what people would do so when he's when he came in and he was barefoot and had him jumping and he, he's now more confident using his his leg with the cerebral palsy and he's like i wish i had done this years ago he said yeah. barefoot yeah he's so confident now he's able to now use his foot so i have a small box where he might have to do some step-ups whereas now he's confident using the foot with cerebral palsy in it and he's his, so good. he's able to balance now on a balance beam as well um wow with his foot yeah wow. so i have a soft balance beam and i get him on it but he's he's better at that whereas he went years avoiding it you know years of walking on on his tippy toe on one foot mm. and walking normally on the other foot whereas now he's confident using both feet wow that's you know? so good it's it's yeah. um and like I will, I will say, look, so if he uses the, the, the dominant leg all the time, I'll say, right now, let's do it using the other one. And at first it was sort of nervous. He, he was anxious doing it. And even if it was just stepping up on a box, he was nervous to do that step up. And now he's, he's flying around the gym, loving it. You know, <laughs> what a change. What yeah. A... Massive. It's massive yeah. changes like yeah. bare, barefoot. I don't think, I think everyone should throw away shoes, no matter ability <laughs> or disability and everyone should be in their bare feet. It's, it's. The, the outcomes it can have for your whole body it's amazing yeah and, and have you found have you found a, um, a lot of clients have taken that home with them as well like they'll go bare feet barefoot a lot more at home um or um, no i think they're like it's 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 like when they come in to me to think oh okay i'm gonna be in my bare feet now, yeah. some of them love love not having shoes on but the majority right. of them are just barefoot with me and then they'll put their shoes on and they're right. They're yeah, stuck okay. in that, but know? at least it's better than nothing <laughs> yeah exactly and if yeah. for that hour as i say it's it has a, a massive um impact for them 
you know. Yeah. Same yeah. with I've, I've another client who um, I, I will go to his house. So he, he had a massive uh, brain injury to the point where he has to be um, pig fed. He needs, um, he always needs a couple of cares with him. So he can't uh, walk on his own. He can't stand up on his own. He he needs um, splints on his on his feet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he needs like a harness around him to move him. But so when I, he has different physios, he has different OTs and, and they're all like, structured and, and by the book so I'll come in and I like make it relaxing for him I'm always taking his shoes off bare feet because even though a lot of his 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 uh his body sort of seizing up because he's not using it enough with the brain injury as well and mm-hmm. you know um and especially with his feet I actually brought him some toe spacers last week okay. and, put him, and put them on him to, um just to to what spread out his feet for when he's standing and it yeah. does make a difference yeah. to him as well um okay. but the, the, even with him and a massive brain injury he has I will still get him standing up and so I used to stand him up against the wall and I'd stand to the side and I say right I'm going to push you sideways I said you need to stop me from doing it now generally when he's up against the wall and that's what that will happen he will just fall over but he's able to by me telling him he's able to switch his body on that when I put my hand on his shoulder to move him, his body switch on, it doesn't move. Yeah. You know, whereas everywhere else he needs help to be moved around with his harness or he's just going to collapse on the floor. Yeah. So we, we worked on that and he had a few handrails put around the house, um, since his accident. And so what I did was, uh, I brought him over to one of the handrails and I said, right, I said, grip onto that. So he wasn't able to grip it good as like his grip strength is not great. So I said Mm. to him, look, I said, imagine you're trying to rip that handrail off the wall and that switched his whole body on. So he was able to hold himself up. He was also then able to go down into a squat position and hold a squat by holding onto that handrail. Whereas generally he was anything he'd grip, he'd just lose his grip. So about a month ago, I went over to his house and I had him standing up and what I used to do was I used to like, I'd say to him, right, lean your weight to the left side. So he was able to lean himself over. I said, now to the right side. So I said, right. Getting back to when I said to you before about nobody's body wants to fall. If yeah. it switches on. So I just said to him, right. I said, I'm going to let go in five seconds. I said, you need to be able to hold yourself up. So I would, I would tip him to a point where it gets the center point of his body that I feel that he, his body is now switched on. So I'd say, right. I'm letting go in five, four, three, two, one. I'd let go, and he was able to hold himself standing. And he'd never, he's, he'd never done that. So for the whole forty-five minutes of that session, he was standing on his own. Amazing. First wow. time ever. Yeah. First in bare time, feet. In bare feet. Yeah. First time. Yeah, because I don't, I don't like him having his shoes on at yeah. all. And <laughs> also, it connects better. He's more connected to the to the ground and his feet. Yeah. His feet start working. But forty-five minutes on and off, he was able to hold himself up because of that threat of his body going to fall yeah you know yeah. whereas me i'll just i'll just try like the his parents are like his father will say um he says it's amazing what, what you do like it's simple but effective i said that's yeah. what I'm, i said you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on equipment firm i said your body needs to move i said whether yeah. it has a brain injury or whether it doesn't or whether it's a disability i said your body needs to be moving or your body will all switch on. I said, he, his body doesn't want to fall. 
Yeah. I said, you don't want him to fall either. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> but I said, unless you put him into that frightening position for his body, I said, it, it's never going to like rewire itself from the brain back to the feet after that brain injury, unless it's, it's put into these. And this is yeah. what I believe anyway. It doesn't have the, it doesn't have the impetus. It doesn't have like the, the, the need, unless yeah. you give it the need, it won't do it because it's, yeah. it's, that's just the conservation of energy basically. The yeah. body doesn't want to exactly. do it unless it has to. <laughs> and, and now I have him, I'll put him sitting on a, a Swiss ball. So when I come in, he might be in his chair and you know, it's, it's, from the injury and, and being in, he was in bed for like months in the hospital and, you know, from, from his injury. So his, his posture is, is, is not great. So, you know, his, his neck, it'll be, his head will be always down. So I'm trying to get him to get his head up and even moving his head, turning his head left and right. It's massive for him, but mm. he needs to be doing it. So now I have him sitting on a, on a Swiss ball and I'll hold him at the shoulders behind, but I'll say to him right in five seconds, I'm going to let go. I said, and you need to hold yourself up. So I'll joke and I said, if you fall on the ground, I said, you just, you, I said, I'll pick you back up. But I said, or else I'll leave you there. Just having that, you know, yeah. relax, making him relax. And he loves having a bit of banter like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll let go. And before I'll count to three and I'll let go. And he like, so he's already, before I get to five, he's already holding himself in that position. Yeah. You know? But it also by putting him in that ball, it, it improves his posture. Yeah, you know, I think we're a lot of, um, a lot of other OTs or the physios that come to him. I think they're all preparing for him to go into an electric chair, whereas I'm like, no, I want to keep him out as long as I can. Yeah. You know, if and for him as well. Now it's fine being in a chair if he's going out and about. It's great for him. Yeah. But I think the more he can switch on his stabilizer in his body the more his posture improved, the more, even when he's sitting on the, on the ball, his, his head position comes up more, mm, you know? So mm. while they're all moving in one direction, I'm moving them the other direction. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, yeah. Finding the balance. Cause I know a lot of, from my physio background and, and having worked with OTs and everything, then their role is making someone as functional as possible with the limitations that they've got. And so, yeah, maybe an electric, um, wheelchair is a great thing to like you said to make him functional throughout the day to get him places and yeah. so on but at the same time that really has to be balanced with a, an empowering active approach of like let's let's reduce as much of these limitations as possible so that you can do as much as much as you can by yourself because yeah. there's nothing that feels better than actually doing something by yourself exactly i'm i'm all about if your body can move it's going to move so if yeah. i'm if they're if i'm working with him or i'm working with anyone if they can move any way at all i'm going to get them doing stuff yeah. like a lot of the clients um that other client that was saying who who i threw everything out on the floor and got him to navigate mm. around if if some of the people seeing the stuff i'm doing they'd, they'd be shocked because he's sitting down majority of the time and a lot of people don't know what to do with him so mm. i'm like right he can't come into the gym and just sit down because it's going to be a bit boring for him. So I'll, I'll get him up. And funny enough, when he's having those days where he's really, um, you know, self-harming or hitting himself or wearing the helmet, his mom is a bit nervous to bring him. I said, look, bring him to the door. I said, and I'll do the rest. Yeah. I said, you know, and all I do is I get him up and I'll guide him moving around the gym and that stops him hitting himself. So he might be coming in and he might be sitting there before we start. And he hits himself a lot or he bites his hand or, you know, even if he's wearing the helmet, he'll still hit himself and hurt himself. But 
the minute I get him up and just walk him around in different directions, guide him in and out through stuff, it's, he's relaxed. He doesn't hit himself. So it's yeah. taken, taken that concentration from hitting himself into movement. Yeah, navigation. Yeah. And I think, yeah. that, I think that environmental piece is really huge because, and we kind of touched on it before, but we always talk about on our podcasts and, and just a big part of our message is change your environment so that you're, it's uh, promoting movement. Like we've got balance beams, we've got slant boards, we've got a hanging bar, we've got indo boards, we've got juggling balls, we've got all this stuff around our apartment so that it encourages us to move. Otherwise, if we didn't have that stuff there, then all we've got is a lounge and a TV. What are we going to do? We're going to sit on the lounge and watch TV. Um, Whereas we don't have a TV and we've got heaps of movement stuff. So it encourages us to move. And we've got like mats set out so that we want to sit on the ground and so on. And um, similarly, like an an enriched environment, like a gym, like you've got, um, provides a whole different experience, even though there might be other people doing physical rehab. Yeah. Um, say a physio might come to someone's house to do physical rehab with them. It's a completely different experience to them going to an enriched environment like your gym and being, you know, taken through different things that they just don't have at their house. And and, um, it does, it gives the body and mind a completely different um, experience. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like I get, I get a lot of requests from, from physios and OTs saying to me, what are you do? Well, like, what are you doing with this client? Can you, can you, can you show me some things? And I'm thinking, but it's, it's, I'm just getting them to move. Yeah. Just get them moving. Yeah. You know, they, and you've it, got the, you've got the tools and the mindset basically. Exactly. That, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it don't, don't look at them like they can't do anything. Yeah. Try everything. Get, try any type of movement, any type of skill. Like yeah. one, like a lot of time they would say that some with autism, um, can concentrate for like more than five minutes. I had one girl um, who had autism and aggressive behaviors and I had her concentrating for 15 minutes. What all I did was I got her lying down on the ground. I was teaching like a Turkish get up with a body oh, weight yeah. movement, yeah. just that movement, right? Because it's, it's, it takes a lot of, um, um, it takes a lot to use like the whole body, especially if someone with autism, it takes a lot of her concentration. Yeah. to relax and she did that for 15 minutes practicing getting up and down but just using her body her wow. support worker was like i've never seen her concentrate for that length <laughs> you know and i'm like i'm like that's brilliant but maybe no one's let her yeah you know a teacher like how to get up and down off the ground without without using all their whole body just using certain parts of it mm. and holding that focus you know to the point where Again, that ca- that calmed down her aggressive behaviors because yeah. I was taking the time to teach her and do the movement with her, but I was also letting her take control and let her do it. And she was so relaxed and to concentrate for that level of time, it's it's amazing. Like, and that can have a massive uh, positive impact for the rest of her day and for her parents throughout the day with her behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. I think it's so awesome what you're doing and it's it's a really cool thing to see like the just applying almost well I don't know it's such a it's a cool Simplistic. it's a really cool mix of simple tools of just functional movement play 
you know, task-based skill learning things that pretty much every human should be doing anyway. And it's just applying it to a certain population and you're like seeing such obvious results with it. And yeah, Yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. It's, (laughs) I love it. It's it's simple, but effective. Like as one parent said, it's like physiotherapy on steroids. Yeah. He said, and I said, that's a great, great analogy (laughs) of it because Movement. Movement is a key for anything, whether it's it's improving your, your body, improving your mindset, yeah. increasing behaviors. All my clients that I see and and the behaviors are decreased once they start moving. Yeah. Whether it's barefoot, just move in all directions, rotate, you know? Yeah. It's it's, it's brilliant. Just get moving. That's it. That's <laughs> it. If I can leave your one thing is move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Barefoot. Uh, we can, yes, <laughs> we can definitely agree on that. Yeah. Um, well, that might be a good place to wrap it up. I, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed hearing about all these and all yeah, the stories. Thanks, and um, I'm really looking forward to finally being able to get down there at some point, get down definitely. and visit your gym and um, just sort of see what it like see it in person would be amazing yeah. and you can to, come and move yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and um we can do some balance some beam stuff and, Definitely. and uh yeah some foot stuff and just just have some fun um keen for that but yeah, yeah i was i thought just to wrap it up maybe if you let people know because i'm sure some people listening might have um people that might want to get help from you or just want to you know are interested in what you're doing and finding out more. Yeah. So what's the best place to, to sort of connect? Um, so they, they can more? connect with me, um, email on info at fitsfitness.com or yep. they can get me on uh, Facebook is fitsfitness or yep. Instagram fitsfitness1 on Instagram. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So and then you, you got that. a website as well. Yeah. It's a uh, fitsfitness.com. Yeah. Dot com, www.fitsfitness.com yeah. Yeah. actually we'll chuck all that, all that in the show notes anyway so that people have an easy easy way just to to click Brilliant. in but um yeah and you're based in sydney, sydney what, yeah in which Maroubra. area is sydney maroubra maroubra okay yeah 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 yeah. yeah awesome man well um all right, man. I'll, uh, good. I'll look forward to connecting again hopefully in person in the relatively near future look forward um, and thanks for having me on and letting me just uh, talk about you know i think disability needs to be talked about more as yeah, well as, I think you so know too. for movement there's not enough yeah. there's not enough in the fitness industry doing it yeah because you know? maybe yeah. it's not sexy enough or you know what i mean or or, or it, i think it maybe it's a little over um can seem a little daunting or overwhelming yes. yeah um but i think it's a huge space that definitely needs to be navigated and you're obviously leading the 100%. way it'll improve you as a trainer because you know it, it, it the more you watch how their body moves and, and then you can take that into other um, parts of the fitness industry as well. So it just, it's, yeah. you, you know, it improves your mindset. Yeah, so yeah. Well, you mate, massive you're, changes. you're inspiring me. So I'm, I'm sure there'll be people listening who are inspired as well. And Brilliant. Um, yeah, just keep up, keep it up. That's, that's awesome. Lovely. Thanks, All mate. Right. Too All easy, right. mate. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. <laughs>